for mature audiences only.
Welcome to Restricted Airspace. Here's your host, your pilot, Captain Kirk. Welcome back to Restricted Airspace. Ladies and jerks, people and aliens. How are y'all doing in that? Tonight, I'm going to get into how I got into music. Where it all began. Where the passion lies, just about anything and everything to do with music. From a young age, from three or four years old. Uh, won't get to my age now, but uh, there'll be many parts to this. Um, for you dedicated listeners and frequent flyers, you may have heard some of this already. Uh, due to better equipment and uh, better circumstances I'm going to once again recap and stroll down memory lane and to the best of my recollection and if you're interested that's fine if not I you know there's a lot more podcasts out there I understand I'm, I'm just a musician in Oklahoma I'm an electrician on the side I mean either way I look at it I do music to keep me sane and you know, doing the trade of an electrician, it pays the bills, and it's been, you know, it's been good to me. This, I came upon being an electrician in about 2014, but uh, the main reason I'm I'm on here tonight is to recap and have a better quality of what I was getting at on uh other podcasts I had tried out whenever I first started this I was like you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna let people out there around the world whether you're right next to me in another state or in maybe you are in my state maybe you're in UK maybe you're in Greece maybe you're in Australia who knows this gives you a perspective of someone who's 33 years old now um average white male living in uh smack dab in the middle of the United States. So, uh, change the podcast now if you would like to, and if not, here you go. Buckle up, take a flight with the captain. Okay. So, you know, music in itself is an enigma. Um, higher frequencies can give us goosebumps, make us remember things that we don't usually remember um it there is some science to music there are um i'm not your guy 
<laughs> to tell you that. But um, look up some information about frequencies. Um, 440 hertz um, has been known to heal people. Um, higher frequencies, dogs can hear that we humans can't. So step back and think of that for a minute. Cats as well. Um, birds, you name it. A lot of animals can communicate with melodies, with tones, um, a cadence, you name it. So from the early age of like three or four years old, I'm going to say probably four. I remember, you know, my dad would come home from a long day of work or, and uh, he'd listen to loud music. And he had a five-disc CD changer and a tape deck. I think he had a record player in the garage, but he didn't really play them as much. And this, bear in mind, this was in the early 90s when I'm talking about all this. So this is the early 90s. Um, you know, Metallica had just released Black Album. Joe Satriani, the guitar player, had been around. And one of my favorites. From an early age, I listened to... Kraftwerk, Black Sabbath, Joe Satriani, Metallica, Rush, Ted Nugent, Kansas. Oh my goodness, so many. Van Halen, um, Led Zeppelin, you know, Collective Soul eventually, and bands like that. So, at an early age, I just blew my mind, really blew my mind that that music could make me dance, you know, like I just instantly wanted to dance, you know, I'm like barely able to, well, I was walking at that time, but I was barely able to, to be honest with you, I mean, from what I remember, and uh, I remember Rush and Metallica really jumping out at me, Um, I would be dancing around. Eventually, I'd be dancing around in my living room, and uh, it was like a three-bedroom house in uh, Tulsa. Good-sized house. Not not real big, not real small, but good-sized house. And um, I was fortunate and blessed to have that. And uh, But I'd be dancing around in the living room with like a tennis racket or a golf club, just like air guitaring, playing air guitar. I'm sure all of us, have, a lot of you out there have been in that position. You've done that before. And um, I really wanted to be a drummer, too. Like, I wanted to be, play drums or I wanted to play guitar. And I was taken seriously eventually, um, but that wasn't until later. I mean, that was literally like 10 years later I was taken seriously about it. And the deal was that you're going to take lessons if we help you get this guitar. And... I'm going to back up a little bit because, you know, I remember this is how it was. It was like an average white male kid going to a public school, getting on a bus. We didn't have cell phones. So you're walking to your bus. You either had a tape player or a CD player at that time, and and you were probably pretty well off if you had a CD player. Like if you had a Walkman, 
and if it had anti-skip on it, and if it didn't have anti-skip on it, which is what I started out with, you'd had to hold the CD, uh, compact CD player, and you had two AA batteries powering this thing, or like four AAAs, but more, more than likely it was two AA's, but you had to hold this thing like it was, I don't know, the most fragile puzzle you had just made or some creation like some kind of food you were making and you didn't want to spill it like you had to hold it like that and uh it's so funny to see how everything has evolved and a lot of my friends online or in person we joke about these things and we're like you know like god dang man like the days of having to worry about if your cd was scratched too scratched to play like it would it would start up and you'd be like, yeah, you'd be head bobbing and getting into it. And then it'd go, and then it'd go right back to the music. And then it'd go, and anybody that's listened to a CD knows exactly what I'm talking about. And and with tapes, I didn't really mess around with tapes that much. I had some, but I would listen to them in my room or in the living room. And that album, Signals, from Rush. I used to daydream. I'd be sitting in my room on my bed just like daydreaming of being a guitar player on stage. And it was motivation. It was uplifting. And it was like, it gave me goosebumps. Like the song Subdivisions, that first track on that album just changed my life. And as predictable and cliche as it sounds inner sandman from metallica that from an early age i remember my uncle david he would be driving me around and my dad too but my uncle david would um pick me up and we would go to like walmart or hardware store or blockbuster or something and rent a movie or he'd get me a hot wheel or something and we'd be listening to metallica's black album on a cassette in his uh chevrolet chevette and if anybody knows what a Chevette is, it's like literally like a Geo Metro, like little compact um, hatchback car, like two door. I think his was two door at least. And man, it, it was like a lawnmower engine in this thing. But I mean, he drove it around everywhere because it got good gas mileage. And look at the day in, day in the life now. It's like that, that's kind of the car you need right now. What is it? It's not exactly the safest car in a crash, uh, like crash testing and all the results of safest car and everything. I don't even know if they had airbags back then. I don't, the one he had probably didn't have airbags in it, but, um, yeah, I mean, those two albums, Rush, uh, Signals and Metallica's Black album and Joe Satriani's Surfing with an Alien, uh, that, those albums really changed me, and uh, for the better. gave me gave me hope. Um, even Def Leppard, um, Def Leppard's Hysteria. That was a great album. I used to listen to that. It maybe ride my bike eventually when I was able to ride a bike, and uh, I'd have the CD, the Walkman in my pocket. And a couple of times I would fall and. Uh, nearly destroy the CD and the CD player, and my headphone cord would just get ripped out or something. I'd have to save up and get new headphones or hope that I could find a good 
new Walkman at a garage sale because I would go to uh, garage sales with my mom and dad and my uh, my aunt or my grandma or grandpa. In those days, uh, then eBay came around. So, but man, to be a kid in the '90s with music, you know, is a hit or miss on what was classified as good. Because my aunt, my aunt Kathy, um, rest in peace. She got me into Collective Soul and a little bit of Eric Clapton. I wasn't to this day. I'm not really that big of an Eric Clapton fan, but I respected the guitar playing. And um, my dad's friend really liked Van Halen, and I would listen to um, some stuff that he was playing at his apartment or his house, and that blew my mind too. And then I heard the Beatles for the first time, the White Album, and I believe I heard On My Guitar Gently Weeps, and that is to this day one of my favorite songs. The Beatles, however, are not one of my favorite bands. Um, I grew up and had a uh, more broad taste in hard rock and blues and stuff, and the Beatles were great and all, but I agree with many people. They were that I don't know. They were just kind of a cookie cutter band at the right time, at the right moment. I think without without Lennon, without McCartney, they wouldn't have been anything. I know George Harrison was a hell of a musician too, but I don't know. I just I think they were a little hyped, a little too hyped. And some people argue that um, Led Zeppelin was in that same category. And, um, you know, I, my guitar teacher later on when I eventually did get a guitar and, um, it wasn't a good one, by the way, it was called an Austin, like Austin, Texas, A-U-S-T-I-N. And, uh, it was like a little combo package, like a little, um, six inch speaker and, uh, one chord and a knockoff Stratocaster. So. It was a decent guitar. I mean, it's what most people started out on, like a Squire. A Squire is basically like a knockoff Fender Strat. It's basically the same thing. It's just not made with um, all the hand craftsmanship and all that. But, um, man, all that time leading up to it, I was like, I want to play guitar. I want to play drums. So and instead of playing drums, my parents eventually took me serious, and they were like, okay, well, if you really want to do this, you're going to have to take lessons. You know, and meanwhile, all those years leading up to that, within, let's say I was about 13 when I got the guitar, and I think I took lessons shortly after that. Like, it did, the guitar did sit around for a little bit, maybe a month, and then I took lessons. But I remember it to this day, my dad said, he was like, I thought that guitar was just going to sit in your closet and collect dust. And the fact that he he told me, like, maybe two years in, he was like, you know, I'm proud of you. I thought that thing was just going to sit in there and collect dust, and it seems like this is your thing. And it's like, you anybody out there listening, it, if you find your your passion, your niche, and your, your thing to do, it doesn't always come easy. Sometimes it does. Sometimes it doesn't. I wanted to be a guitar player. I mean, let me back up. I wanted to be a quarterback in football. 
it just wasn't for me. You know, I wanted, I wanted to play golf really bad and I made it on a team for a minute and then I got kicked off basically. Didn't get along with the coach. Um, so I went through a baseball phase, like from the time I was about six years old to about 12 years old, I was playing on baseball teams and I did soccer like maybe twice. And then I did basketball maybe three or four times, but most of the time I was playing baseball and, um, I always wanted to play football, but I never didn't really, I don't know. I didn't really get the permission to do it. I guess to save that long story, I didn't really get the permission to do it, but it was probably for the best, probably for the best. So, you know, eventually I'm 13. I've all this music in me. I've, you know, eventually I listen to like heavier stuff and classical music. I used to listen to classical music just to go to sleep or to study while I was doing homework or something. And, uh, a good stereo was always my thing. My, I learned that from my dad and my uncle and my aunt Kathy as well. Um, man, if, I mean, if you have a good stereo, it just brings your favorite music to life or stuff you've never heard before. You get two good, like Bose speakers or Kenwood or JBL and a decent amplifier and, you really don't need anything else. I mean, maybe a subwoofer nowadays, but, and even then it's, it's, you don't necessarily need it. Um, and I, and I did go through a little bit of hip hop. I went, I went, I never really got into country. I got into country later and I got into blues later, but I listened to like Robin Trower and <coughs> uh, Jimi Hendrix and even a little bit like uh, Chuck Berry and Buddy Guy, guys like that. Um, Robert Johnson and Muddy Waters, I mean, they were some of the founding people that started rhythm and blues, you know? They don't get enough credit. Um, one of the best movies out there, if you haven't seen it, is, uh, it's called Crossroads with, uh, Ralph Macchio and, uh, Steve Vai's in it. And, um, I forget the girl's name. But she's a very popular actress um, from back then. She was in Twister. She's in that movie, too. Um, she's got, like, dark black hair. Really pretty. Um, but getting back to when I was 13, um, so I eventually took lessons. And my guitar teacher was a hell of a guitar player. Hell of a guitar player. He was in a Led Zeppelin cover band. and. Uh, I won't name his name or the cover band or anything, but, um, man, when he, when I met this guy, I was like, I thought he was an alien at first. He, I've never met someone with that much patience. He had, I mean, his tolerance for being frustrated. I mean, he had such a high tolerance for anything. Like he, it couldn't annoy this guy, could not annoy this guy. And, and, for all I know, he, he got annoyed with other guitar players, his students, but he, he never broke character. He never um, never freaked out on me or anything, but he always wanted to make me better. He was like, well, I see what you're doing here. Now let's try this. So there was always like a solution to the problem instead of like, no, 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 you're not doing it right, which is what some piano teachers do. They're like, you know, they whack you on the hand or something back in the day. 
and maybe even now, but I remember learning like what was the first song I learned? It was like Pink Panther. It's like da dum da dum da dum da dum da dum da you know, stuff like that. And then like um Sweet Home Alabama. So that's an easy one to pick up on because you'll hear it. And if you're playing it slow, you, you want to learn these things slow. You want to start out just one Mississippi, two Mississippi, three Mississippi. You know, you don't want to go full speed right off the bat because it's not going to work that way. Trust me. You'd have to be a savant or whatever, a prodigy of some sort. But, man, I just, I look back on those days and I'm so glad I did it. I pushed myself when I, when I was afraid. You know, I pushed myself when I was up against the wall. I was like, I, I'm, I really want to do this, but I was so afraid at the same time. And when you punch through that wall, that's where the brilliance is. And I've, I've said that many times, but I'm going to say it on here again. I mean, just that's where it all began. Once I figured out that, hey, I can do this, it actually sounds, I can hear the melody. And I could tune it. Like, that's the first thing you want to do. Is you get a guitar, you need to learn to tune that thing. You want to have what they call action. It's where the neck of your guitar, where you're pushing down your fingers on your left hand or your right hand. So if you're, if you're right-handed, your left hand is going to be doing all the action work on the neck. Your right hand is going to be picking. You know, if you're a left-handed guitar player, all your fret stuff is going to be with your right hand. And your picking is going to be with your left. So just remember that. So I'll give you a quick little lesson. When you're reading music, and I'm talking about tablature, not staff, not the actual music notes themselves. So when you're reading music left to right, like a book, you're going to read it left to right, and then it's going to go from the top down, okay? So your lines are strings. And we're not talking about seven string or eight strings here, okay? Experts out there listening, we're talking about six strings, okay? Standard tuning. E, A, D, G, B, little e, okay? This goes back all the way to Roman days and, um, and other time periods. I'll just say that. I'll save myself on the history lesson. So your lines equal strings. Your numbers on that tablature equal frets. Lines equal strings, numbers equal frets. So let's say you're reading something, and I know you can't see me right now, you're listening. Let's say you're reading something that says one, two, three, four, and it's on that bottom line. That's going to be your thick E string, okay? So just remember that. And you can pick up and down with your right hand. That's called alternate picking. So you go one, two, three, four. And then if you were to go to the next string, you go one, two, three, four. And you're going to use your index finger for one, your middle finger for two, your ring finger for three, and your pinky for four, obviously. Okay? And we're not going into Jimi Hendrix land, because Jimmy would play with his thumb, and he would go over the neck. And that's... Jimmy was an alien. I'm, most of you know that, even if you don't like music. Everyone knows that Jimi Hendrix was an alien. And um, Eddie Van Halen as well. Those guys were insanely good. They were just gifted. They were gifted from day one. I mean, they found their thing. Some people are born to be lawyers. Some people are born to be doctors, mechanics, you name it. And like I said, I'm an electrician, but I just do that to pay the bills. I'm, 
at the end of the day, I'm an artist. I'm, I'm a little bit out there, okay? Most artists are. Most artists have some big flaws, but maybe they're really good at a couple of, of creative things, okay? So if you're getting to know me, that's me in a nutshell. I'm a little bit out there. I'm a passionate guy, and I love music. I love cars. I love sports, but this is all about music right now. So this is called Where I Got My Strings, and I'm going to get into everything. So here, here's, here's how it all unfolds. So I remember when I was in fifth grade, I think, <clears throat> I had a couple friends who lived in the neighborhood. One of them lived in another neighborhood. And uh, I'll just say the first names, Jacob and Chris, and uh, they played guitar. And I remember I'd be riding the bus, and I'd be like, hey, so how is it? With guitar, is it hard? And he'd be like, oh, yeah, man, it's, it's not for everybody, man. Like, it's not for everybody. And I'm like, oh, well, how hard could it be, you know? And they're like, oh, I don't know, man. Like, you seem like you're good at baseball and football and stuff. And he's like, so basically they were talking me down. They were talking like, no, you, you, you're not cut out for it. And, I'm, and anyone out there listening, have you ever had somebody that's like, you know, like, they try to belittle you, like, as if you're not going to even come close to touching that goal. It, it makes you want to overcome that and show them, right? It makes you want to be like, watch this. So basically, that's what I did. I was like, watch this, MFers, you know? And um, years later, I mean, like, what is it, like... Maybe two years later, um, I started playing guitar, and um, I took lessons from my teacher for about two and a half to three years. I want to say it was close to three years, and by the time I had stopped, I was about sixteen, and I was driving. And now, granted, I didn't I didn't know everything. Okay, I'm not saying I figured it all out within that amount of time, but. I felt like I had um, earned my wings and I was starting to fly, okay? Now, here's where it gets interesting. I was living in that time, and I'm sure many of you out there listening are my age or older. You remember the birth of YouTube. It, it, the internet in general. You could look up a song and find the music for it. And if it was just the music... Like the written music, that was great. But it was even better to find somebody on YouTube demonstrating that. So, hey, I want to sound like James Hetfield. I want to sound like Kirk Hammond. I want to sound like Eddie Van Halen. I want to sound like Ted Nugent. I look up this stuff, listen to it. And then at that time, you had to have a certain um, device to slow the music down. If you had a computer program, you could go in there and like slow it down. Windows. I, I never rocked um, on Mac stuff back then. I am now, but um, I was on a Mac um, later on. But I, I was always doing Windows stuff back then. So I'll just say that. Um, you were able to slow it down on certain things. And the only thing that was slowing you down was your internet speed. I've said this before, but your internet speed would hinder you from doing things. There was no ads. There was no 
I mean, it was the wild, wild west. Like if you're, if you're 18 right now and you're listening to this, there was nothing stopping you. Literally. I mean, the things that would slow you down were like viruses and things that people didn't have virus software for, antivirus software for. Um, the firewall thing just, I mean, it was around, but they were getting more advanced on keeping that stuff out of your computer. Like one, one download of something it could ruin your whole computer, man. It could crash your whole thing. It would like every time you'd restart it, it would like erase more or delete stuff. I'm I'm not a hacker, but my cousin <laughs> has told me stories, and yeah, that's anyway. Getting back to YouTube, YouTube was like your guitar teacher, and it still is. It still is. Like if you pay for YouTube, if you pay for lessons, you can get private lessons on a Zoom video or or whatever you're doing. It's not Skype anymore. I'm sure Skype's around, but you can do Zoom lessons. You can do Facebook Messenger lessons if you wanted to. I mean. You name it, you can do it now. I mean, the the sky's the limit. And I encourage anyone out there, if you don't think you can do it, just push yourself a little bit. If you want to learn saxophone, if you want to learn violin, if you want to learn bass, if you want to learn drums, if you want to learn to sing good, you name it. Hell, if you want to learn to sew or fix a car, you could probably find it. But, um, so I'm getting into what was probably... About 2005, no, 2004, 2005, right around that time, is when I really started digging into all that. Like, hey, I want to I wanna learn this song, and maybe I can show my guitar teacher that I learned a little bit of this, can, maybe he can help me finish it. And, that, and I did that, and he was impressed. He was like, man, you, you're doing your own homework. He, I remember him telling my mom that. He would say... It's up to the student. If the student doesn't want to learn, then I can only do so much. The teacher can only do so much. When the student is ready, everything will go dominoes, okay? I mean, if you want to play Hell's Bells and Back in Black and Bend Through the Desert with a Horse with No Name, you can probably do that, but you ain't going to get much better. I'm just I'm being honest with you. If you want to learn to play Bob Seger songs, not knocking Bob Seger, but, you know, there's only so much stuff you can do with basic chords, okay? A lot of that stuff's been done a million times. So you got to think outside the box, you know? You, you want to do your own sound, I mean... Let's be honest, music has evolved and regurgitated itself and evolved again. And that's why you have weird tunings. That's why you have bands that started growling and singing and screaming. And then you got people doing electronic stuff a lot more again. I mean, electronic stuff has been around since the late 60s, early 60s. It's just getting better and better. The only difference is it went from like analog stuff to digital and analog now. So it's like a hybrid creation that's what's so fascinating about music now it's like you, you can think about it you can create it you know does it cost a lot of money to do some of this thing some of these things yes it does i mean if you want good quality stuff i mean you, you gotta dish it out every now and then but when you're starting out you don't need a lot of money 
And you really don't. Get, go to a pawn shop. Find something on eBay. Find someone you trust. Um, hey, you playing that anymore? Let me buy it from you. You know, stuff like that. Like, and like I said, you don't necessarily need a guitar teacher. You just need to get in the right frame of mind. And you need to learn the right habits of how to play it. Don't, don't get bad habits. Now, there's people out there that they're self-taught. Good for them. I'm not knocking them. That's great. There are people out there that pick it up immediately, and they just know how to do it. And I needed a little bit of guidance, okay? But once I got that guidance, I took off, okay? I took off. Sometimes you just need a runway to take off on. Some people don't. Some people can take off on the water or the, or the dirt, whatever. Um, so my buddy growing up had several buddies. So like most of us did in the neighborhood, one of my good friends, Damien, he moved away and, um, a relative through the family moved in to that house and his name was DJ and DJ started playing drums and I believe he got a drum set for, as a gift for his birthday or, or Christmas or something. And uh, so he was taking drum lessons at the same place that I was getting guitar lessons at. So we started playing music together. And then a kid up the street named Zach, he started jamming with us. So we had our own little band. And at one point, I think we called ourselves uh, Tempesta. Tempesta, like it's uh, Italian for a tornado or a twister or a cyclone. And it, it was fun. It was fun days. And it was in a garage, you know, a garage band. Like most of my bands started out that way. One of the most successful bands I was in was in a garage, and that's later on. But, um, I mean, we would play like um, For Whom the Bell Tolls by Metallica. We would play Hell's Bells. We would play Blink-182. We would play Black Sabbath. We would play Offspring. We would play, oh, goodness, Ramones, stuff like that. I think we might have even played a, a Limp Biscuit song at one point. But, um, yeah, I'm really showing my age now. Um, but when my, my friend Damien moved away, I still hung out with him. I went to his new neighborhood, and he got me into bands like... Um, Taproot, The Used, um, man, there's so many, Thrice, um, Sum 41, um, System of a Down, bands like that, you know, Godsmack, it was pretty cool, he, he got me into a broad variety of music, like, uh, even some hip-hop, like Eminem was happening at that time. And then 50 Cent, which I didn't really get into 50 Cent. So while people were partying and listening to 50 Cent, I'm over here learning like Ingve Malmsteen, the Swedish guitar player. I'm learning Satriani stuff. I'm learning Steve Vai stuff. And now I'm not saying I was playing them note for note the whole way through, but I was learning pit, like bits and pieces and picking my way through it. And I would, near the end, I would show my guitar teacher and he was giving me some really really challenging stuff like finger picking like spanish flamenco finger picking stuff to play and that's when i really started to take off because when i started playing 
classical stuff with a pick or with my fingers, it all just boom, light bulb went off. It, everything went in the line. And I was like, this is, this is for me. And uh, I remember telling him, I was like, look, I'm going to stop taking lessons. And I am forever grateful. And I still talk to him, t- talk to him on Facebook to this day. I chat with him here and there. And uh, he brags about me. He, he, he says little comments like, keep it up, guitar god, and stuff like that. And I'm like, you know, I'm humble. I'm not, I'm not a guitar god. I mean, I had my moment of fame here in this town, and, and I'm still in a band here, but I'm getting to that. I'm getting to that. But um, it means a lot to me. And um, eventually I, I started teaching, and I was in high school. But um, I'm getting to that too. So, so let's get back to the first Garage Band, Tempesta, with DJ and Zach. So that was like that was like finding out the hard way that a band is like a being in a band with your brothers, which obviously they weren't my blood brothers, but in a way you, you end up being like a family. You end up being like you're in a little marriage at a, in, in your teenage years, you know, before I was driving and then while I was driving. And it, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. And then eventually we were like, okay, oh, yeah, by the way, the movie School, Rock, School of Rock came out like right around that time. So we were really determined to like get a bass player, maybe get a singer, maybe get a keyboard player, maybe, you know what I mean? Like we were just ideas after ideas and uh he i remember zach would do like artwork and he would bring his logo in he drew of the band and he wanted to change the name of the band to cobalt militia and a and a neighbor <laughs> a neighbor up the street was like no nah, that sounds too much like uh the the columbine kids thing or the uh the Timothy McVeigh Oklahoma City bombing thing and i was like okay well we're not naming our band cobalt militia so we we stuck with Tempesta, and then uh, eventually DJ and Zach started fighting. You know, like like any band, like you're gonna have two guys eventually, like or or girls, whatever, guy or girl, whoever. You're gonna hit butt heads and drama, and drama happens. Sometimes it makes you better. It'll make or break you. Sometimes that drama is good to get it out, get it out there. Sometimes it's not. You know. And when you're a teenager, I wouldn't recommend it, you know, but later in life, if you're old enough to handle the criticism, because that's the best advice I can give you. If you are learning at an early age, you need to learn how to take some criticism, okay? Constructive criticism, not, not people cussing at you and belittling you like you're, you're worthless, you suck. No, none of that. But you're not playing it right. If, you, if someone's telling you you're not playing it right, and they say that more than once, you might need to go home and reevaluate. And maybe you weren't playing it in the right key. Maybe you weren't tuned right. Sometimes you learn a song and it's not even in standard tuning. It's in a half step down. So that means every note is flat. So if you are trying to play Van Halen and you're in standard and you're like, why does it not sound right? It's because most of the 95% of the stuff he played was in E flat. So. There's another little tip for you. 
If you want to learn how to play um, Heart Shaped Box by Nirvana, you're going to have to take your E, your low string, which would be your root note. You're going to turn your big E to a D, as in dog, delta. So you're going to take echo to delta, or egg to dog, whatever you want to call it. Anyway, stuff like that, you know? You, you just pick these things up over time. And then like Iron Man from Black Sabbath, one of the most iconic songs ever, that very first thing, he's not even doing anything on the guitar neck. He's bending the string up near the peg, near the tuning peg. So he's going, and he's bending it down, and then he's, and he's using his index finger. So he's bending it with his index finger and then bringing it back. So that's, that's another trick, stuff like that. You just, over time, you pick these things up and you're just like, okay, that'll make me better. Okay, I know that now. Okay, I know that now. And singers do the same thing. Drummers do the same thing. You know, mechanics do the same thing. For crying out loud, like the first car you worked on, you didn't know everything. You know what I mean? You change your first set of spark plugs. You, you change a carburetor. You, you change some brakes. You know, you're going to know what to look for and what not to look for and what works and what doesn't work, you know? And with music, you, it's kind of like, I don't know. It's, I've, I've said it like this before, and I don't know if I've heard it before said like this, but once you know what you're doing, you can have all the fun you want on that jungle gym. But if you don't know what you're doing, you, you, you're going to fall. If you know where all the dangerous things are on that jungle gym, you'll be fine. You'll have fun. It, it's just a matter of doing your homework. Figuring things out. It's a map. It's like, it's like a bike with training wheels or without training wheels. You, you literally just, one day you're like, I don't need these damn training wheels. I don't need these effing things, you know? Like, that's how it happens. And it's a great feeling. It's a great feeling. And uh, I would say DJ and Zach, I, I, I credit a lot to them. To this day, um, we had a bass player, short, short-lived bass player. He he jammed with us for a while, and his mother was really strict, and he could only play like maybe once a week or something. So we'd have to, I'd have to go pick him up, and he was like maybe two miles down the road, and I'd pick him up, and we'd practice, and we didn't have AC, we didn't have heat, a heater in the garage, so when we played, we were sweating. We had a fan, like a box fan, and the garage door was cracked or something. Eventually, um, I worked at a detail shop, and I was car washing and all that, and I, I saved up and got like a Samsung air unit, like an AC unit, and I put it at a handyman, helped me put it in the door, in the side door in the garage, so we cut a hole and put it in there and then hooked it up to a recep in the garage that was right there. Because my dad wired the house I grew up in because he was an electrician as well. And uh, that was convenient. That was like, that worked out in a weird way. It was so, so strange because back then you only needed like maybe one or two recepts in the garage. And he had like two on each wall. And then he had like a 220 plug here. And it's funny how stuff like that works out. Because um, I was born like five years later after he had wired that house. So he married my mom in like 82 and then I was born in like 88. So 
it's just funny how, how life works out like that sometimes. And I was lucky enough to have parents and neighbors around. They were fine with us playing music in there. And we didn't play loud past eight o'clock. You know, we didn't have any problems until like way later on, like when I was in almost graduating high school and a neighbor across the street, he was like, I can hear you guys over my surround sound. And he called the cops and the cops came up to us and that was in my other band and I haven't got to yet, but he, the cops come up and they were giggling and laughing. They were like, I guess your neighbor's not real happy about your music. And he was like, if you could just say sorry, then we'll just go about our day. Because he was like, we're really not allowed to do anything anyway. The cops were like, it's not, not past the curfew time. And he, the cops didn't hear us playing tremendously loud. So that was, that was really funny, actually. And I remember that that neighbor was a security guard. That was the funny thing. So he was like a wannabe cop, basically. But um, I think that might be it for the part part one. Um, Get into how I got into my first real band very soon. Very soon. This has been Where I Got My Strings. Part one, thank you for listening, and here's your outro music.